0: Hey everyone, it's Kimberly Austin. Welcome to another episode of Rock Book Show. We're very pleased to welcome to the show this week, Seattle-based photographer Mike Hippel, who is the author of this very cool new book, Lived Through That, 90s Musicians Today. If you're a fan of 90s alt rock and are curious what your favorite artists from that scene are up to now, this book is for you. Live Through That features beautiful photo essays about members of fans like Nirvana, Jesus Jones, The Posies, Throwing Muses, No Doubt, Letters to Cleo, Lush, and so many more. So here's Mike. Hi, Mike. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is so fun. And you're a fellow podcaster as well.
1: Yes, I do a podcast kind of based on the book where I uh, uh, have been going out and just getting some, some stories from the artists that were in the book as well. You know, obviously, to keep the podcast going, I'm going to have to expand that to people outside of the book, which I've already begun. Uh, so the first couple of episodes, first like dozen episodes are all people from the 90s. Uh, and then I also did a book on the 80s back in 2018 called 80s Redux. Uh, so I started inviting some of those artists on board to to tell some stories. And then I'm also doing some other people that I didn't get in the books the first time around. So
0: that was cool. So your book is um, all right. So you're a photographer. Would you say that's your main gig?
1: Yeah, that's my main main thing. Um, the writing thing is new to me. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, primarily photography.
0: Because the interviews. OK, so let me let me tell everybody again the structure of your book, because this is really cool. So the book is called Live Through That. And it's these beautiful photographs of folks from the 90s, but how they are today. And then you went out and interviewed everyone. So you have these great stories. And some of them are personal memories as well, blended into the stories. What was that interview process like?
1: Well, I mean, the main goal for me in doing these books is just to kind of showcase how um, uh, a lot of times I feel like, you know, we obviously live in the United States, a very youth-oriented society. Uh, And it just seems to me a creative person too, who's also getting older. I'm a child of the 90s and 80s. Um, But it just seems to me that a lot of people just think, oh, you can only be creative when you're like 23 or 24 years old. Uh, And that's like your peak creative moment. Uh, But that's not the case. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, you're not hearing from some of these artists all the time, but they're still doing some really innovative, creative, interesting things that are still valid and maybe even better than what they were doing when they were 24, 25. So, I just that was the kind of the go to for for my interviews. I just kind of wanted to get to that and see what they're doing now. And granted, not a lot of the people, you know, some of the people aren't doing um, music or whatnot, but they're still doing some creative endeavors as well. And I just wanted to kind of showcase that, you know, life doesn't stop when you're 26 and off the billboard charts or whatever. Um, You know, we have vibrant, creative, interesting, valid lives uh, into our 40s, 50s, and 60s. So.
0: Yeah, that's, I love that. Um, because yeah, we're all getting older. And if you're not older yet, you're going to be one again.
1: <laughs> so, exactly. So it's good exactly. to see what your
0: future might hold. Um, I want to talk about, go back to the beginning of this book again, because the foreword to this book, now I've read a lot of forewords. And I just, well, first of all, I'm a big Dave Holmes fan. It's it's almost like another book I want to read. Just the way his writing style is so great. And I would love to hear what you thought about when he did the forward for you.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was uh so when I did the 80s book, uh, he was the one guy that I really wanted to do the forward. He was, you know, I had just finished reading his book, Party of One. Uh, I'd obviously read a lot of the stuff that he had done for Esquire and such. Uh, and I knew that he was like the right voice and the right person. And I just felt such a kinship to him. Uh and so he wrote the 80s read X one. Uh, and I literally cried when he wrote that one. I, I you you have probably haven't seen that one yet, but it was it was so great. And then of course when it came time to do the '90s one, there was no nobody else I wanted to do the Ford other than him because he just set that '80s book up so perfectly. And he did the same thing on the '90s book. He just set it up so perfectly. And uh, you know he's such a nice guy. I was so happy that he agreed to do it both times, right? Because he doesn't. I don't know him. I just, you know, kind of cold called. I'm like, hey, "This is this is the one I want." <laughs> I di- didn't have a backup. I'm like, I don't know what I'm gonna do if I have, you know, if he yeah. says no or doesn't get back to me. But um, uh, but I was very excited when when he agreed to do both of the chords. So that's
0: amazing, and it's so beautifully written. And the, he he kind of crystallized at the end of that what the feeling through your whole book is, and what we've kind of already touched on is that. The the 90s musicians were the left of center folks. And then they became almost the mainstream, but kept that whole vibe of creativity and generating something new. And that's the spirit that you still see live on in these folks. And it's so great. And I'm wondering who in particular, when you were out interviewing, really struck you with that spirit
1: all of them, but, but a couple of, a couple, you know, like uh, Chris Ballou from the President's United States, he still uh, uh, carries that almost childlike sense of wonder about the world and where we're at. And like, he, you you can, just, you can just feel like creativity, like vibrating off of him when you're talking to him, you know? And, uh, and another person was Tanya Donnelly from Breeders and, and Belly and such. Uh, first of all, I'm such a huge fan of hers and she was so, nice. And just like we, you know, maybe it was because we we met at the studio in, uh, in Boston where she does a lot of her work. Um, but again, it was just that same kind of creative energy that's coming off of these people. Uh, and, and and you know, if you listen to the music that these people are still producing today, they still embody that same kind of spirit as well. It's so cool to, you
0: know, it's again, it's very inspiring to to get these stories from these folks of where they are now, because You know, so often it's the, oh, someone was a rock star and then terrible things happened to them or their life changed and um, now they're not doing as well as they were. These folks really have kept that spirit up, even if they're not selling out stadiums or any selling millions of albums or anything like that anymore. Their love and passion for music and just being creative Comes through in their stories. And it's it's such a cool, cool thing. And you mentioned Chris Ballou. You start the book with him. How long did this put take you to put together? And how did you decide to structure the interviews? And did it change along the way?
1: Uh, so I started the book probably right after the 80s book came out in 2018. Uh, by the beginning of the pandemic, I was pretty much complete with the book, it was pretty much done. I had a, one more trip scheduled to go to, down to Los Angeles uh <laughs> like and then they closed the schools and everything so I couldn't really finish the book <laughs> cuz I had those last four interviews to go um uh so most it took about 2 years to do most of it uh off and on and then uh the structuring of the interviews you know I like to I like to structure everything um kind of casually uh I have my research done I've I've got the things that I like the base points that I know uh, and go through. And then I just kind of like ask a question and just let them talk and give me the story about what's going on. I I have a jumping off point and then we just kind of go from there. Um, Usually, you know, sometimes we would start before we would shoot, we would start with the interview. Sometimes the artist didn't give me a lot of time. So we'd follow up with a phone conversation later it just kind of varied depending on where we were at and how much time.
0: Artists were very accessible. Even if they could only give you a, a short amount of time, they were, they sounds like they were pretty accessible to you.
1: Yeah. Whoever said yes to the project, they were generally super open with their time, generous with their space and time. Uh, you generally met, met them at their home. Wow. Usually, which was, you know, it's, it's pretty personal, um, but yeah, I didn't encounter any kind of diva personalities or anything like that. People always want like the gossip and like, ooh, they, you know what I mean? But yeah. but that didn't really happen. And the same thing happened when I did the 80s book too, I found out, you know, like they always say, don't meet your heroes or whatever, but, um, but everybody was really down to earth and just open and honest and, you know, not very guarded about stuff, mm-hmm. you know? it, it was fantastic. It was kind of like just hanging out with your friend, you know, uh, and, which is nice because the songs and the music, the starting off point for me on all of these books was just like, I have to like the artist and, and, and the music because mm-hmm. um, I can't really go into it if I'm not liking it. So the songs and the music are like friends. So then it was just such a joy to meet the people behind this and then just find out that, you know, just kind of interact with them as like, like they were friends too. So it was just, it was a really good experience.
0: One of my favorite pictures was the Dandy Warhol's picture.
1: Yes, yes, yes.
0: Now, where was that taken? Tell me about that. So
1: I met them. They were doing a show here in Seattle, and uh, I wanted to get them in the book uh, badly, and I had a little bit of back and forth trying to like figure out a time. They were doing a show here in Seattle, and uh, so I met them at the venue uh, that they were doing at Soundcheck, and sometimes that doesn't work out so great, or you, you don't get a great shot. It's just It can be kind of boring mm-hmm. sometimes. So I like to get there in advance, and I like to kind of make sure... You know, okay. What's what can I do here? What's cool? What can I, what can I make work on this? And I've, I saw the photo booth over in the corner. I'm like, and th- th- there's this photo from the '60s or something where all those kids are stuffed in a in a VW van. Do you know that? You know what I'm talking about? Yes, yeah. So I kind of wanted to kind of recreate that and get them all stuck in the in the in the photo booth. I thought that could be funny. Um, and it, and it worked, and they were, they were totally down with it. And then there was a big advertisement on the side, like it had these cheesy grins of people and so on and so forth. And it was my favorite photo from the whole thing. And I, and I was thinking I was just gonna kind of Photoshop that out a little bit after the fact. Um, mm-hmm. And I was looking at it, I'm like, well, what if I put them in there? And like kind of, you know what I mean? Like kind of make it a, like a, a weird meta thing. Uh, and then I'm like, is that gonna be cheesy? Is that not gonna, gonna be cheesy? And I did it. I meticulously worked on that Photoshop on that, and I don't usually do a lot of Photoshop on the pictures. I like to be pretty, just kind of genuine, and this is what you get kind of thing. You know, maybe a little bit yeah. of brightening or whatnot, but usually I don't do intense airbrushing of faces or anything like that. Um, but I sat with it for a while, and uh, and I was like, I really like that. So anyway, that's what ended up in the book. But I'm glad you, I'm glad you like that one.
0: Oh, I loved it. Yeah, and you know what? That's actually the pictures now i'm trying to like i was like what is it about mike's pictures that are grabbing me and that's what it is that naturalness to them they're they're very real and um but yet draw you in and it, they're just they're just really really cool so did you have any idea of the settings you were walking into then in the other photographs or did you have to kind of work that on the fly
1: all of them were w- pretty much worked out on the fly. Like for example, wow. you know, like I said, uh, oftentimes I'd be invited into their home or to their studio. Uh, I didn't, I wouldn't know what it would look like or anything like that. Um, so, so I'm often working on the fly. Like, I, and I, I kind of enjoy that actually, um, just because mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I feel more creative in that environment. I feel like if I overplan something, it never ends up looking like it. Looking at like I thought in my head, so I generally generally like this element of surprise, and that kind of gets my creative juices flowing too. Yeah. Um, I always have the address of where I'm going to be. I'll always show up, you know, an hour ahead of time, an hour and a half, walk around. You know, I won't go into their house obviously if I'm not there, but I'll, I'll generally walk around the neighborhood and see like if there's something I could use out here, just in, just so I have a backup mm. um, in case something doesn't work out. I'd like to have a couple of things in the back of my head because. Obviously, I don't want to take up too much of their time if, if we don't have, if we have limited times. Um, so I try and have a general idea of something that that could work uh, when I get there. Sometimes I get there and it's like, boom! That is so cool. That is exciting. That is exactly what I want to do. And sometimes it's a little. It, it can be a little bit more of a struggle. Yeah. Um, but but both are equally satisfying.
0: That's so cool. And as I mentioned, the interviews and the uh, the stories that you tell with the photographs are are fantastic. And I can't believe you're not a writer because they're they're beautiful stories. It's it's really great. So are you going to be less intimidated moving forward now?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and frankly, to be honest with you, like from the eighties book to the nineties book, like I, that could be another reason why I really wanted like a Dave Holmes because like he's so strong with his words. And I just wanted to set a good tone on that. And when I look back on the eighties book, I'm like, uh, I kind of cringe at some of the things that I was writing. Uh, I definitely took a big leap forward on the 90s book and uh, really, really just wanted to, to get that right and make that better because that, that was one of, there were two things from the 80s book that I learned. One was you know, definitely pump up the writing, get that better. And the second was on the 80s book, I had a lot of uh, people come up to me and be like, I like the book, but like, I don't really know these artists. And I'd be like, you do know this artist. You know this song and this song and this song. And they'd be like, oh yeah, 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 I know that now. So in the 90s book, that's why I have the little uh, playlist on there in case somebody doesn't know the band.
0: Yeah, yeah that's just want, great. I kind of
1: wanted to give them like a like an entry point into some of these bands, because that's one of the things about the book, too, that I wanted to do is, is kind of evangelize about these bands that I love. And I feel like you should love them, too. And here's a good play, place to start with some of that.
0: <laughs> yeah. On each page, Mike has a on the left hand side has this really cool setup of the hits the essentials and then the deep cuts. So everybody can make their own playlist and go down another rabbit hole and just have a ball with this book. And I always think of like my nieces and and when I want to introduce them to different eras of music or genres of music, this is a great book to do that because then you have the pictures with that and the stories and the playlist is right there for you for your asking. (laughs) So you can have made it easier for everybody.
1: But yeah, I've had a lot of, I've had some people say, Oh, you forgot this song or this song. Oh and, uh, yeah. But but mostly they're just like it's not meant to be comprehensive. It's just right. meant to be kind of a jumping off point. Uh and they're just some of my favorites from these artists as well. So yeah. Uh and that was another fun thing about g- doing the book is like going back into some of the artist catalog to things, songs that I had forgotten about or whatnot. It was just, it was, it was a nice trip down memory lane for myself.
0: So. Oh, that's so fun. Um, before we go, it turns out that there was this thread that was unexpected in the book of how many of these artists have gone into kids music. Like how did you think it all came to be? I,
1: yeah, I, I think that's pretty fascinating too. And uh, uh, it's funny because, so, so, this whole, these whole, pro, this whole the, both of these projects came about because uh, I myself had a kid okay. <laughs> back in, uh, you know, back in two thousand eight. Um, we adopted a child. Uh, you're in this world of like this kid uh, for a while, and and uh, I just needed personal projects, and that's how I started doing the '80s book, just to kind of like be creative on my own outside of the kid world. Uh, at the same time too, like all those 90s artists like Chris Ballou from President of the United States of America and Sarah Shannon from uh, the Noddits, they're both local here in Seattle uh, and they were putting on kids' shows all the time. So, it was, And it was, it was good kids' music, right? It wasn't, yeah. it wasn't, you know, it was kids' music that kids and adults could enjoy at the same time. Uh, and I feel like there was, this, there's a, was a movement around that time to get music that both kids and their parents would enjoy uh, from a lot of these people, like like Chris and, and Sarah and uh, uh, I, I don't know what was happening in the zeitgeist to make maybe we were all having kids at the same time and we're kind of bored with the, the kids children I don't know <laughs> but uh, but it is fascinating and it was great and it's you know uh, actually the the Chris Ballou picture in there is one that people always come back to particularly here in Seattle just because they're like oh yeah my kid like loved you know Casper baby pants that's musical Casper baby pants. Um, he's super popular here in Seattle. And, uh, I think there's going to be a whole generation of kids that, you know, we remember Mr. Rogers, I think in Seattle, there's going to be a whole bunch of kids who are just like Casper baby pants. Uh, that's who Chris, Chris, Blue was part of that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he's big here.
0: <laughs> that's amazing. Maybe that's another whole book of kids, you know, rock stars to kids <laughs> exactly. music. Where can everyone find you online and out there in social media?
1: Uh, on Twitter and Facebook, I'm at Mike Hipple Photo, all one word. Uh, and Instagram is just Mike Hipple, uh, M-I-K-E-H-I-P-P-L-E. Um, M-I-K-E-H-I-P-P-L-E. I post a lot on Instagram and, and uh, I'm getting better with Twitter, but, uh, you know, I'm a visual guy. So Instagram is, is probably the best place.
0: <laughs> so this book is amazing, you guys. It just
1: opened up my eyes again to the
0: creativity.
1: There was that, you know, the 90s were kind of a magical time where, there was lots of really interesting, creative things going on <laughs> in music, and the radio played it and uh, allowed it to be played and allowed it to be hits. like, I can't imagine some of those songs being ever played on the radio today.
0: Mike, it's been so great to have you. Thank you again for doing this. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it.
0: If you enjoyed this one, we hope you'll subscribe to our show and tell your rock book loving friends. We're dropping new episodes every two weeks, and we've got a great slate of guests scheduled for future shows. And did you know you can follow us at Rock Book Show on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok? There is no dancing, but we do chat about great rock books. Our theme music is by Dash Coombs. Thank you again for listening, and I'll see you soon.